Afternoon today's scripture reading comes from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. Book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. Please stand with me for the reading of God's word. Hear now the word of the Lord. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are served, you are severed from Christ, you who will be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit by faith we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You are running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you. Um, I was looking around today when we were passing the peace, and I saw a lot of faces I haven't seen before. It's a joy to worship with you and gather together and give glory to Christ together in this place. Um, just want to remind you that we have Operation Christmas Child coming, and we do have a small table in the back with paraphernalia, some stickers to seal boxes, some information packets. So if you want, please do go into the back and uh, take one or two or however many you need, especially if you're an affinity group leader. And I, it's my understanding that Affinity group leaders are setting up times where affinity groups can come. And so if you're in college group, we have leaders in the college group probably reaching out to you. If you're in the young adult group, you have leaders in the young adult group. If you're single and you're ready to meet other singles, um, we also have um, single affinity group leaders reaching out to you as well as family groups reaching out to you as well. And like I said last week, my hope is that we hit 100 boxes. That means if each and every single one of us does at least one box, uh, we should be able to hit that number. Um, if you don't have a shoe box, what I would recommend is you buy all the things that you want first and then get that ready to put in the shoe box. Uh, I do believe that this week we will get some shoe boxes shipped to us we will let your affinity group leaders know, so keep in touch with them. And if you're going to make more than one or two, that's great. The more, the merrier. I mean, 100 is not the cap. We want that to be the minimum. And so we will let you know when these extra boxes come in. But if you do have shoe boxes and you have a lot, whatever reason, I don't know why, uh, please do feel free to share with others. One other announcement that I do want to remind you all is one month, in just four weeks, we have a deacon ordination slash installation. I thank you for continually praying for our deacon elects. Um, I have to just share that 
this year was probably the roughest in terms of how I have trained these deacons. Um, we have gone through a lot. I've made them do a lot of things. And I think going forward, um, we will continue to train in this capacity, our deacons, just so that deacons know this isn't just some title that you receive. Of course, we know that. But you actually get to have a little taste of it as well. And what I am really encouraged by is the harder I made the training, the longer I made the readings, the more I made them type out their essays and hand it in, they stepped up to the challenge. And they are ready and willing to serve church and to serve Jesus. So I would like to ask that you would join with me in praying for our four deacon elects. I do believe God is doing a work that humans could not do. And he's doing a work in each and every single one of them. I personally am so encouraged by all four of our deacon elects. And I just want to encourage our church to continue to pray for them. Um, our installation and ordination service is just one month away. So please pray for them. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. That as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. We start off this passage with Paul saying, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. He sets us up by reminding us why have we been set free? It is for freedom. It's like, what? For freedom, Christ set us free. We were set free to have freedom. And so he's emphasizing this word freedom. And he lays this out as the background as we continue on. For freedom, Christ has set us free. What I have continued to realize as I work with people and people groups um, and as I continue to watch people, uh, freedom is something very, very hard to grasp. And I would say even impossible. It's impossible to grasp. We are in an age where when we go through something, there's always a solution for it. If you don't have a solution, then like you don't know how to define your life because we have Google. How can you not have an answer for something? If someone asks the questions like, where is this from? All you have to do is Google. There's no excuse now. But there are some things that are coming up that we don't have an answer for. Scientists, intelligent minds, intellectuals, whatever it is, we come up and we say, we actually don't have a solution for that. Uh, one of the things that we do and we are starting to realize is in the field of modern psychology. And when you go and you feel, um, let's say someone goes through a period of anxiety and it's intense anxiety, you don't know what to do with yourself. You can't sleep, you can't breathe right. You go to the doctor, you get referred to a psychologist, and then they give you a prescription drug. But what they will tell you is this prescription drug will not solve your anxiety issues. In fact, what these things will do is they'll numb it. They'll numb certain senses, they'll turn down some pain perhaps, but at the core of it, it doesn't solve anything. 
Modern psychologists now even admit to this fact that psychology, modern psychology, doesn't solve anything. What it does, it, it could numb it down or put it to a lesser degree, but it doesn't solve it. If you're depressed, it won't solve your depression. I don't care how many pills you take. In fact, once your pills stop, guess what happens? You get hit full force and your senses are now completely awakened to the fact that you have been depressed. I believe that there is a complete holistic healing that Christ offers us and that is what freedom truly is, freedom. And it is for freedom Christ has set us free. We may be able to numb certain senses down. We may be able to alleviate or push back certain pains or certain things. But in the end, it always catches up. And Paul starts off by saying, remember that when you receive Christ in your life, you have been set free. And that's why in this freedom, stand firm and stand confident. And the next picture he gives is very interesting. And it says, do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Imagine the picture of you being set free, finally loose from the chains that the world could not solve, no matter how much science progressed, no matter how much wisdom we've attained over so many millennia, that finally you get this freedom. And with that freedom, what you do is you go, let me go back into this yoke that has pushed me down so heavily. Paul's saying, don't do that. One of the things that I do want to um, share is that we have an upcoming retreat, and this has been, been pressing in my heart, that we, as not just a nation, even a community, but even the church, what we need is to realize and recognize the spiritual health and restoration that happens when we live out Christ's freedom in our lives. So our winter retreat that's coming up in two months, and sign-ups are going to happen soon, the theme will be on spiritual health. And we have this great, um, we have a great preacher coming, and I, want, I would like all of us to come. He has his PhD in Christian counseling, and um, I just am very excited for our church to learn and grow in this manner. But Paul is saying, you have been set free, so stand firm and don't give in. When we give in, it's like putting the yoke back on ourselves and walking like we weren't free in the first place. So he starts off with that, and then afterwards, this is a passage, in this passage, I have uh, three points. And the three points are don't lose, don't snooze, and don't abuse. Okay? Don't lose, don't snooze, and don't abuse. Just happens to him. I didn't think it. No, I, I thought that. But um, don't lose. Don't lose what? Don't lose Christ. What does it mean when Paul says that Christ is no advantage to us when we follow the law? In Acts chapter 15, there were teachings of the Judaizers, and they would say, unless you're circumcised, you are not saved. The picture here is. Oh, man, you've read that story. You've watched that movie. This person has it made. And all she had to do was don't do this one little thing. All he has to do is don't follow that other dude. 
But what does he do? He follows the dude. And if you're watching this unfold, you're like, come on, man. What does she do? It's just a little tiny box. And she opens it. Oh, Pandora, you're so silly. And all of this is talking to our human condition. You can have it all except this one tiny, eensy, weensy thing. And guess what you are going to want. That's right. You are going to want to pick the fruit off that tree and eat it. Eat it, thereby bringing shame, judgment, and opening the door to all sorts of evil in life. And here we are again. Just one little thing, just as circumcision. And Paul says, don't you get it? If you add this, you're not really adding, but you are subtracting. If you do this, you submit yourself back to the law. And because Christ sets us free from the law, by you saying, I don't want the freedom you offer because I could do it my way, you sever yourself from Christ. We think that by following the law to attain a little bit of leverage, it would get us to climb higher to God. We think that by following the law, we attain a little bit of leverage that would get us to climb higher to God. But the reality is, that by doing this, it will be a fall from grace. So how do we not lose Christ? In verse 5, it says, For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Through the Holy Spirit and by faith, we eagerly hope. We wait for hope. And verse 5 takes a turn here because it's a change from you to we. This is what we Christians do. We don't give up our gospel freedom and sever ourselves from Christ because there is one thing our faith draws us to. It draws us to hope. And we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Wait, it doesn't really sound like much, but it is. It is. It changes everything. You know, recently I ordered a new phone. And I woke up at 3 a.m. while my wife was sleeping. I slipped out of the bed, opened my laptop, and the webpage wouldn't load. I was like, oh, these other nerds. Okay. It turned 301, and the webpage opens like, order, order, order. And I knew it would take a week to get to me. But during that wait period, while I eagerly waited for my new device, guess what I did? I prepared. I stored all my data, backed up all my info, because I knew that I pre-ordered the phone online. I also went and pre-ordered cases and screen protectors. I went online to read about some of the features that I should be expecting, because once the phone arrived, I wanted to hit the ground running. And that's just the phone. It's just the phone. The faith that we have in Christ sets us on this eager and hopeful weight of righteousness to come. There's an excitement in the air when we have Christ. There's a certain level of mystery that's in the air. But oh man, you know when it comes, it's going to be amazing. 
And as you meditate on Christ, guess what we'll end up doing? We would be eagerly waiting and preparing. But our focus is on Christ and his finished work. We do not work for our own salvation. Why would I buy a Galaxy or Pixel phone case when I have an iPhone coming? Why would I prepare for something else when I know something else is coming? So to not lose is do not lose Christ. Keep your eyes focused on him and his finished work for you. Don't lose Christ, but eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness because it's coming. Don't snooze. In verse 7, Paul says, you were running so well. What happened? Who tripped you up? It wasn't Jesus. Imagine you're rooting for a runner in a marathon, and she's running so well. And then some fool comes up and trips her up. How mad would you be? And then he goes, oh, I was, I was actually trying to help you. And he's like continually tripping her up and pushing her. And you'd be like, what? And then he goes on to say something pretty profound. That's what our Lord Jesus also says. He says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Come on, Paul. Dude. What's the big deal? It's just such a small thing. You know what we should do? We should all just get circumcised and not fight over this. Can't we all just get along? But the warning here is that in a little leaven, it affects everything. So what happens when we let loose a little leaven? The insight is given in verse 6 when the scriptures say, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. People think that God is a God who only wants things from us, like obedience to some almost archaic, arbitrary law. There are these sets of rules to follow. If not, boom, punishment. And I'm not surprised when people who don't know Christ feel disenfranchised by religion. No wonder they don't like it. But faith in God isn't just something where we just follow seemingly random rules. Faith in God, the insight is given in verse 6, faith in God is about love. And if you want to add the leaven, the circumcision, what we are doing is we will now work to attain our salvation. And there's pride in that. And the pride is we think that by doing things to God, guess what? God owes us. Imagine that, but let that marinate. By doing things for God, God owes us. But imagine that for your relationship. You meet someone. The singles ready to meet other singles, right? You meet someone. They're smart. They are beautiful. They want to marry you. Amazing. And they come to you and they say, can you sign this? I was like, what are you, what are you asking me to sign? I just want to make sure that when we get married, I get a certain percent of your assets. How would you feel? 
you would feel used. You would be upset because you would be, that's not love. Wouldn't it be crazier, though, if the person was confused after you said that? It's like, what? Why do you feel so bad about that? I just want to make sure I'm entitled to a certain portion of your assets when we get married. And then there's a pause about this line of thought of leaders and followers. The pastoral Paul here in this doesn't outright condemn the Galatians for succumbing to this line. He rather points to the one or ones who led them astray. Matthew Henry writes this, this may give us occasion to observe that in reproving sin and error, we should always distinguish between leaders and the led, such as themselves to draw others thereinto, and such as are drawn aside by them. Leaders that draw sheep away and contort the gospel and draw people away from the ultimate shepherd will ultimately pay the penalty. Pastors and other leaders who contort the gospel to make it fit their own agenda and needs, you will bear the penalty. But there is hope in this statement. It shows us that the destiny of the true church, your destiny, is not synonymous to the destiny of the false teachers. God has, gives us this assurance and he gives it to his church that there is a reckoning for those that will lead them astray and an assurance for those that are in his church. Or as one pastor put it, assurance for the saint and reckoning for the wretched. Paul continues on and goes on to say that if they are telling you, they even said, oh, you know what, Paul's even preaching this. He goes, I'm preaching circumcision. If I'm preaching this and teaching this, why am I being persecuted? There's a fundamental truth being reinforced here. That if you preach and live out the truth, you will be persecuted. Let me remind us that in Galatians 2, 4, people are jealous of the freedom that you have received in Jesus Christ. And it gets to a point where it ends this little paragraph where Paul wishes those that were tripping up the Galatians, that beautiful runner, someone come in tripping them up, those people that were tripping up the Galatians would just go all the way and cut their entire member off and emasculate themselves. And you're like, well, that's, that's, that's a little extreme. And you can imagine if you had a kid waking you up every hour of the night to bother you for cereal, every hour and you're trying to sleep it's like i want cereal right like bothering you and then you go fine you want some cereal here's some cereal and you start dumping a whole box of cereal on them uh, i have found that single people when they hear this they gasp in shock and while parents just nod like yeah yeah i have i've actually wanted to do that many times and some people are like i actually did that don't tell anybody though but there is this frustration that has built up because these are his spiritual children. And they don't know, but they need to know. Don't snooze. Don't let that little yeast in. Don't snooze, and what do you do? You develop your love relationship with Christ Jesus. Know that it's a love relationship that you have been offered.
And finally, don't abuse. Don't abuse each other. Don't bite and devour one another, but live in freedom. Some of us might respond, but I have freedom. Doesn't that mean I can do anything? If you are free, why would you say that, though? Think about it. I have freedom. Doesn't that mean I can do anything? If I have freedom, I can do anything I want. I can live however I want. And you might be like, true. But if you were free from certain things, why would you go back to it? For instance, let's take one thing. Let's say lying. I'm free, so I can lie, can't I? Because if I lie, I wouldn't lose technically my standing in God. And you, want, you might respond, sure, technically, technically. You would not lose your standing with God because it's not what you do. You don't merit anything. So nothing you do can make you lose anything as well because you never merited. You can say that. But if you are free and you want to lie, you have to think about it. Play out the scenario. Why do I want to lie though? Is it because I need to feel better about myself? Is it because I'm afraid that if I tell the truth, then something will happen to me? And I won't really be able to get what I want. And so by lying, what I am doing is I am depending not on Jesus as my Savior, but me fulfilling everything that I want. Me saying, I want this, I want that. And what that means is I am back again in that yoke of slavery where I can only live for the flesh But I have freedom. Doesn't that mean I can do anything? If you are free, why would you subject yourself to the things that burdened and hurt you? If you are now free, what are you free to do? And Paul says, through love, serve one another. We are to do what we couldn't do before because we weren't living in freedom before. And that's finally living out. Love your neighbor as yourself if you say you're free and only follow your carnal desires how is that different from when you weren't free and you were enslaved in sin according to the flesh augustine taught this that true freedom is not a choice or lack of constraint but being what you were meant to be Humans were created in the image of God. True freedom is not moving away from that image, but living out the image. The closer we conform to living out the true image of God, Jesus Christ in us, the freer we become. The farther we drift from it, the more our freedom shrinks. I would like to end with this challenge, and the challenge is this. The Lord God challenges us even now to live out our freedom in Christ. That means that not we don't live for ourselves and that we are to serve the other, reach out to the other. Who is God asking you to reach out to? Who is God asking you to serve? What relationship has been severed that needs to be 
restored in Christ. And the confidence and the assurance that we have is that through Christ's freedom, you will be able to do this and you will be set free and that you will be made whole. And I pray that the Spirit will reveal that in us because I do believe that for each person, it's different. It's different. Who is it though? What is it? What has enslaved you that Christ is trying to set you free from? And I ask now that you would offer that up in prayer and in faith know that there will be power for you to break that chain of enslavement so that you can truly be set free. May I remind you, church, that it is for freedom Christ has set us free so that we could truly live the way we ought. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would come now and challenge us. Challenge us to live out the freedom that we have received in Christ, that we would not put ourselves back in the yoke of slavery, but rather live out the lives we were meant to live in true freedom, in joy, in holistic, holistic freedom, God. So, Lord, won't you convict our hearts and challenge us, challenge us now? Let's take this time to pray, and as we do pray, ask the Spirit to lead your heart and guide you so that you can live the life you are meant to live, the free life in Christ. Let's pray.